0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. Gonna get a little swampy today. I dipped my toe in the swamp when I was doing prep for tonight and I just can't get that stink off. You know that stink, it just lingers with you. So we're gonna get swampified, if you don't mind. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next hour or so, we'll see how we go. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. As I said, we're going to get swampy today. I have probably 15, 20 tabs open on my desktop right now. We could go, we could enter the swamp from many different angles we could submerge ourselves in the swamp if we wanted to we might even drown in the swamp by the time this evening is done so hopefully you stick around pour yourself a drink grab yourself a snack we've got lots to get through not all of it's going to be good by the way I like to set the expectations really low really low so if this is your first time here this is a terrible program you're not going to enjoy it it's not funny, it's not entertaining, it's not informative, it's not even American, <laughs> so why would you pay attention? Alright, beautiful. A uh, quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash bumper. become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player, and of course, if you want to become a swamp thing, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at boogiebumper, so much to get through, so little time. Where to begin, where to begin, where to begin. Tell you what, how about we begin with this? Whilst we are analysing and considering the swamp that is in Washington, D.C., let's not forget about other swamps, less famous swamps, smaller swamps around the world, which also need our attention, which can be just as dangerous. You know, a lot of dangerous creatures exist in the swamp in Washington, D.C., And a lot of dangerous creatures exist in swamps elsewhere as well. This one was sent through by Amber. Listener to the show, Amber. Police warn drug dealers are creating super aggressive meth gators. (laughs) Methamphetamine, the highly addictive stimulant beloved of the Nazis, is creating a a new danger. Nazi gators. Meth head Nazi alligators, ladies and gentlemen. Who would have thought it would come to this? Did you know that the Nazis were big fans of methamphetamine? It makes sense. They always looked incredibly sharp, didn't they? In their little uniforms. They were incredibly focused, goose-stepping through the main streets of Poland and France and other Western European nations. Something, they had to be on something. And isn't it funny, like, when people take a lot of drugs, they want to sit around and talk about how they're going to solve the world's problems. (laughs) Maybe if only the Nazis weren't meth heads, the entire World War II catastrophe could have been averted. People think World War II was started by, you know, bigotry or hatred or defense of one's population or the need to push back against communism or the Treaty of Versailles plunging the German people into poverty and a natural reaction to that, or perhaps the Weimar Republic, that's all wrong. The way World War II was really started was Adolf and a couple of his meth-head buddies were sitting around in a bathroom at a train station one night somewhere, shooting up, and they said, you know, we, we can solve the world's problems. We have all the answers here. You know... All of these people like to talk about things, but what if we really do it? What if we really have a good go? This sounds tremendous, Adolf. Pass the spoon. Method alligators, ladies and gentlemen. Super aggressive method alligators. Police in Tennessee have warned that large quantities of the dangerous drug being flushed down toilets during drug busts by panic dealers could be getting into the ecosystem with potentially deadly results. As if alligators weren't deadly enough. The warning comes after one suspected Breaking Bad dealer was caught flushing a large quantity of the banned substance, plus other items of drug paraphernalia, when they raided his home. Andy Perry was charged with a series of drug-related offences, and 12 grams of methamphetamine, plus 24 ounces of liquid meth, were seized during the bust. There's his little collection. Cops made a fairly relaxed announcement about the danger on Facebook saying, quote, folks, please don't flush your drugs. Okay. Okay. When you send something down the sewer pipe, it ends up in our retention ponds for processing before it is sent downstream. Now, our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what is in the creek, but they are not really prepared for meth. (laughs) Furthermore, if, if it made it far enough, we could create meth gators in Shoal Creek and the Tennessee River down in North Alabama. They've had enough methed up animals over the past few weeks without our help. And I just thought, if you were a drug dealer, if you were selling methamphetamine and the police were raiding your home, now you know that flushing it down the toilet is not the right thing to do. So thank you for the police for coming out and saying to the to the methamphetamine dealers hey hey guys just because we're kicking your door down can you please not flush it down the toilet because we're creating meth addicted crocodiles and meth addicted alligators in the creek down the way so just hang on to your drugs until we uh kick your door down until we blow the locks off your door until you are in our custody just make sure you hang on to the drugs don't flush them down the toilet because you want to do what the right thing for the environment don't you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, as we all know, just like the Nazis, uh, meth heads and meth-addicted people are very conscious of Mother Earth and don't want to leave their footprint on it. They're very conscious of preserving the natural habitat of the alligators. Those conscientious methamphetamine dealers. All right, the re- <laughs> I just thought that story was funny. The real swamp, ladies and gentlemen, Facebook went to Washington once again. Facebook was in Washington, yes, fronting a Senate financial uh, banking committee hearing about their cryptocurrency Libra, which they're hoping to launch sometime this year, potentially early next year. We covered this on our show, the potential problems that come with Libra. Uh, They've already signed agreements with a number of corporations, that being MasterCard, Visa, Uber, Lyft, there's about two dozen companies that Libra is already on the books with. So they want to, in their own words, take over the world financial system. (laughs) Facebook, the company that intentionally conducts psychological experiments on its users to see how depression affects their consumer and buying habits. Facebook, the company that sells users' private information to other corporations around the world. Facebook, the company that has recently been fined 5 billion euros for its lack of security and data protection. Facebook wants to take over the world financial system. And what could possibly go wrong? Of course, if you are creating a digital currency, then this, we'll get to this article in a second. If you're creating a digital currency and you are Facebook and you are, you know, a private company, and you have signed agreements with people like MasterCard, then the running of a small business whilst using Facebook, instantaneously, the the problem of censoring people and kicking people off the platform, just because you feel like it, all of a sudden has very real, severe real world consequences. You could be denied access to the marketplace. And of course, Facebook is a company that can boast 2 billion users worldwide in very di- in all different countries on planet Earth. And if they are able to create a digital currency, you now you have a very serious attempt at creating what? A one world currency. 2 billion users worldwide, one currency being shared between all of them. Is Libra a cryptocurrency? Meltem Demiras, Chief Strategy Officer at Digital Asset Manager Coinshares, said the primary problem is Facebook's representation of Libra as a cryptocurrency. My issue is Facebook has chosen to style this as a cryptocurrency, Demiras told Yahoo's Finance on the Move. Facebook's framing of Libra, Demiris said, has led media and lawmakers to say what they're doing is just like Bitcoin and should be treated similarly, and it's fundamentally not. And that's correct. It's not a cryptocurrency. It's a digital currency. In the testimony today, the guy from uh, Calibra, which is the company that's going to be running this digital currency, actually literally came out and said, if we don't move now to create a digital currency, then the Bitcoin, uh, the coin, what's, what's the term I'm looking for here? Uh, the blockchain technology. So blockchain is the anonymous Bitcoin and whatnot blockchain technology is going to take over and we're not going to be able to track financial moves around the world. They are creating this to rival Bitcoin, to rival blockchain technology. He also said if you want to buy into Libra, then you have to hand over a government document with your ID. So if you want to engage in business on Facebook in the future and tap into their $2 billion user base in order to sell your trinkets you're going to have to register your id a government issued id like a driver's license in order to access your you know digital wallet online they rival. they are attempting to rival cryptocurrency which is largely anonymous using blockchain technology they said this (laughs) we have to do it otherwise everyone's going to be using blockchain and then it's going to be anonymous And then the governments aren't going to be able to track what people do with their money. So they're doing a great service. I remember two years ago, I did a video on Bitcoin. And people were saying, oh, this is going to be the end of, you know, regular currency, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, come on. The people that run the Federal Reserve banks around the world, the people who, the very powerful money men in the world, do you think that they're just going to sit back and let, you know, Uh, cryptocurrency take over the world financial markets? Do you think they're just going to let that happen? Ah, well, we tried. We tried, guys. We had a good run for the last 100 years, but I guess blockchain is taking over. It's time for us to go away, sit back, settle down, just just blend into the background. They're not going to do that. So I suspect this move by Facebook is precisely their counter move. But I want to take you to DC today. A couple of interesting things I noticed in today's hearings. A little bit of bipartisanship. This is the first time I can recall since Donald Trump was elected president that Democrats and Republicans in a Senate hearing have actually been saying the same thing and are actually working on the same side for once. You're going to find this terribly impressive. Check this out. Uh, Let's start off with a couple of ladies from Arizona. Arizona. Uh, first up, Martha McSally
1: is capitalizing literally on that data. And so I have to say That's I'm not, Martha not McSally, reassured though. by your statement that you can't see any reason right now why uh, there...
2: Senator McSally.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Marcus, uh, I don't trust Facebook. And uh, <laughs> it's because of the repeated violations of your users' privacy, a repeated deceit. And I am not alone. As you know, um, in 2011, there was a, a consent decree uh, with the Federal Trade Commission related to your privacy practices.
0: Evening, everyone. Um, Thanks for so joining that's us. that's
1: where it started there with investigative bodies, but it hasn't ended. Even after that consent decree, uh, Facebook is ag- under investigation again. And uh, approved. FTC has approved a fine for about $5 billion just recently, because of your repeated violations uh, of your users' information. Uh, For example, uh, you know, without users' permission, sharing personal profile information with outside software developers, uh, selling that off again, Uh, data breaches, uh, allegations that you've repeatedly changed users' privacy settings without notice.
0: Smokey Bear in the chat raises an interesting point. Um, Talking about Facebook, they're complete, they're complete, completely blown up their trust with the public. People no longer trust Facebook, and rightfully so. But he says, this is precisely why many people will never use this. I can't believe people are this stupid. There's two things to that. One, never underestimate the potential for stupidity in the average person. Maybe stupidity is too harsh a word. Never underestimate the ignorance of the average person. How many people who use Facebook on a daily basis are aware of all of the scandals that Facebook has endured over the last two or three years? And here's the thing. If they are aware, how many of them even care? How many of them would see the scandals about privacy, uh, data retention, uh, meddling, kicking people off, banning things, right? How many people would see that and go, well, you know, I just use Facebook to keep up with what my grandkids are doing. I just use Facebook to use the local, you know, swap and sell. So I don't really care about that. That's how they get these people in. That's how they're going to prey on these people. Because right now, you know, the local swap and sell or whatever you, you you're doing on Facebook, they're going to bring in this Libra currency and say, "Hey, we've made it so much more convenient. Now we can we can have an online digital wallet for you buying and selling things on Facebook." we can link it to your MasterCard because we've already signed an agreement with MasterCard and it's just all so convenient and nice and pe- people will do it. People will do it. It's fa- I've often thought that we've never had access to so much information like we do today in this time and age, thanks to the internet. But we've also never been so ignorant and intellectually lazy as we are right now. It's an interesting paradox. The more information that we have at our disposal, at our fingertips, a few keystrokes away, the less likely we are to try and learn about things. So I'm going to let Martha McSally continue to tear shreds off this gypsy.
1: Uh, The SEC, of course, is also investigating events surrounding the sale of personal information from Facebook. Uh, The New York State's Office of Attorney General has an investigation and to unauthorized collection of 1.5 million Facebook users' email contact databases, uh, on and on and on. There's there's allegations of bugs that oh sorry we didn't mean to uh, allow them to download photos, and and these it's one after another after another after another. So I don't trust you guys. So <laughs> instead of cleaning up your house, now you're launching into another business model uh, with Calibra here, uh, and you've got documents that talk about your privacy commitment for Calibra. Uh, So in that, you know, in that privacy commitment, you say that you won't be sharing account information or financial data with Facebook or any third party without customer consent. So how do we know that this isn't going to change and how do we know you're actually going to do that based on your track record of failing and violating and deceiving in the past?
3: It's a totally uh, fair question, Senator.
0: Um, yeah, and I I want to put the um, the crosshairs on people who run businesses on Facebook and then pretend like there's nothing wrong with it. You know, the rest of us aren't that stupid. Whenever some kind of Facebook scandal comes out, the people who have their primary financial interest in Facebook, whether it's running a little business or whatever, Time and time and time again, they will come out and say, wow, you know, come on, guys, it's not that bad, okay? It's not that bad. Facebook is just what you make of it. Don't delete your Facebook accounts. Don't do that. There's really a lot of bad reporting about Facebook. It's really not that bad, okay? It's really not that bad. And we now sit on the precipice of Facebook legitimately arguing that they are ripe to take over the world's financial systems. And the same people are like, well, this is going to be great. This is so convenient. This is going to be so convenient. I can link up my MasterCard. Everybody should sign up. Guys, guys, sign up. Get yourself an account. It's going to be great. You're going to love it.
3: And I, I want to answer it in two parts. Uh, the first is that, uh, as you know, we've been working really, really hard on addressing the issues uh, some of them you've raised. Uh, we have invested incredible resources uh, in uh, 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 election integrity and privacy. Ah, yeah. uh, Mark has made it his top priority.
0: That stuck out for me. Mark has made it his top priority. Oh, not Mr. Zuckerberg? Not Mr. Zuckerberg? Why Mark? Is that is that because it's more friendly? It's more personable? It's more relatable? Ladies and gentlemen, Mark. Mark said he's doing all he can to fix up these issues. Mark said, don't panic. We're doing our best to correct the perception of privacy issues and the perception that we're doing the wrong thing. You know, we really are a great company and we care about people. That's why Mark here is doing his utmost to satisfy your demands for more transparency and better privacy regulations. Not Mr. Zuckerberg, just Mark, just Mark.
3: Uh, And we will continue to do that until those issues are fully resolved and addressed to satisfaction. Uh, On the Libra side, uh, we have designed this network in such a way that uh, uh, Facebook doesn't and won't
0: control. Leatherman in the chat says five pages of small print lawyer speak user are going, try 50. Try 50 pages that nobody is going to read. Everybody just scans to the bottom of it. Yeah, agree, agree, agree. And to be, that's on them. To be fair, that's on the people who agree to it. Don't get me wrong. But de- deception is built in to the system already. They're, they're already stealing your data. They're already lying to you. They're already manipulating what you can see and what you can't see. <clears throat> I mean, we've we've already spoken about a few times the Alex Jones issue. You, It is now against the Facebook terms of service to praise or promote or even report neutral on Alex Jones. The only thing you're allowed to do in regards to Alex Jones on Facebook is criticize him or you get banned. Now, regardless of whether or not you like or dislike Alex Jones, that's beside the point. The power that a corporation of 2 billion users that wants to take over the world financial markets to have over its user base to say that here is a person that we are choosing that you can only demonize if you want to participate in this 2 billion population marketplace with our new digital currency. That should scare the shit out of people. (laughs) Oh, It's just a private company, guys. Just a private company. Uh, This this guy said, we're looking forward to working with the IRS. We're looking forward to working with regulators, all different governments around the world in order to get our digital currency out there. It's just a private company though, right? Just a private company.
3: Or the currency. uh, And that there will be plenty of competition. Uh, And uh, and I I want to take a moment to explain why there will be a, uh, a lot of competition. First, there's interoperability. So regardless of the wallet you choose, uh, you'll be able to pay across wallets, which is currently not yeah, possible. Look,
1: I don't want to get into the technical stuff. I'm I'm talking <laughs> about the trust issue. So you, you violated privacy in the past as a company. You continue to have issues. You continue to change the privacy, even rules, without without informing users. Yet you're launching a new product and you're claiming that their privacy is going to be protected. So how are users to know that that's also not going to change and they're not going to be violated? That's what I'm getting at, the core issue here. Is, is trust.
3: And, and Senator, the, the, the point uh, uh, is really that uh, people can uh, get all of the benefit from this network without using our wallet. And I know that we will have to earn people's trust.
0: Uh, for- we're going to have to earn your trust. We're going to have to earn your trust by taking over the world financial system. Um, Kirsten Sinema has gotten a lot of flack since uh, the election in 2018. I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't mind her. I think she's okay. I mean, she's voted. She probably has some far out wacky ideas, but she's not the rabid um, hard left socialist that many painted her to be. She's voted for a few moderate bills. She's voted against a couple of Democrat far left bills. So I think she's doing her best to represent the people of Arizona, even though she comes from, you know, a more of a lefty perspective. And to be honest with you, um, you know, during Donald Trump's State of the Union address, remember that footage? She got up, she got up and gave him a round of applause, and her handler said, "Be careful." Do you remember that? Sit down, sit down, Kirsten. So I actually don't mind her, but to be fair, in purely shallow, in a purely shallow male way, I do have a thing for kooky blondes that wear high boots. So uh, you know, well, <laughs> how bad could she be? But she did, she did really well here. Check this out.
4: Thank you, Chairman Crepo, and thank you to our witness for being here today. Mr. Marcus, Arizonans have heard a lot of promises from Facebook over the years about privacy. For example, Facebook promised when it acquired WhatsApp that it would not scrape our message data to deliver targeted ads. But two years later, Facebook broke its promise and monetized our personal message data. With real doubts about Facebook's commitment to privacy, Arizonans are rightfully skeptical about the proposed digital currency, Libra. The goal of Libra is to reach the unbanked and underbanked, which is a noble goal. <laughs>
0: and Dr. But it's to and that those have
4: <laughs> who haven't utilized a bank or credit card will be more Zooming. susceptible to scammers and predatory practices. Your head of product, Kevin Wheel, told TechCrunch on June 18th that there are quote no plans for the Libra Association to take a role in actively vetting end quote developers of wallets, exchanges, or other related apps. But failing to vet developers would expose Arizonans to scammers, which is unacceptable. Do you stand by Kevin's statement?
3: Uh, Senator, um, (laughs) first I want to correct something, which is that WhatsApp is fully encrypted. So even Facebook Uh. doesn't have access to messages on WhatsApp.
0: (laughs) WhatsApp is fully encrypted, guys. Don't panic. Facebook does not have access to WhatsApp. Facebook can't do anything about WhatsApp. In the aftermath of the Brazilian election, was it last year? uh, WhatsApp was essentially blamed for the election of Bolsonaro, the Brazilian Donald Trump, right? And Facebook came out and made statements that we're going to have to make changes to WhatsApp to prevent the spread of fake news. True story. Because apparently a lot of people were getting into these little WhatsApp rooms and creating memes and then spreading the memes to other WhatsApp rooms and they were sharing fake news and disinformation. And this is what the you know, the corporate press and the political class in Brazil blamed for the election of Bolsonaro. So Facebook has since come out and said, yes, we're going to make changes to WhatsApp. Now you can only have a room that's like a tenth of the size that you could have before. And we are going to do our best to crack down on fake news and disinformation being spread on WhatsApp. These people... From these tech companies, one after another, are just lying to you constantly. Constantly. Every single answer, every single statement is a lie. It's either a lie or a fabrication or a manipulation. Or a half-truth, right? Well, I just want to put your mind at ease. WhatsApp, I just want to correct you, Senator. Uh, WhatsApp is fully encrypted, so Facebook doesn't have access to that data. Six months ago, on this show, we were watching and reading articles of Facebook coming out and saying, we're gonna to have to crack down on people sharing memes and fake news and disinformation on WhatsApp because it's, it's uh, manipulating election results. Constantly lying.
3: But to answer your question, which is a very important one. Very important. Uh, I would say two things. One is that while Fusion Blast uh, the Libra four, four, Association uh, <laughs> will not get in the way of developers developing things, Thanks we for need uh, as an on association D-life. to find the right approach to ensure that publishing uh, services on the Libra network uh, has controls. Uh, and the one thing I want to say as well is that uh, financial literacy is really important uh, and that at the Libra Association, uh, there will be grant uh, and, and, spend and, and and investment made into uh, financial literacy. And as far as the <sighs> Calibra wallet is concerned, uh, not only will we have consumer protections.
0: <laughs> we'll have consumer protections. We're going to spend money educating people on finance. Right. <laughs> we want everybody who engages in digital currency trading on Facebook to, you know, have a master's degree in economics and finance. We want people to understand completely what we're doing, how we're moving running money around, how the system works. And we're going to spend we're going to spend money educating the users. You know what that means? It's going to be like a 5-minute video on YouTube saying If you want to pay for your new pair of boots on Amazon, why don't you click this button that says Libra? Here, here. See how this works? This is how you enter in your MasterCard details. This is how you upload your driver's license to make sure that you are the person. See, this is the other thing. They're they're trying to rival blockchain. You can only use Libra if you upload a government document proving who you are. So on top of the issues that come with Facebook just removing people whenever they see fit from their platform, on top of that, they're now going to have intricate knowledge of not only your personal details, but where you spend your money, how you spend your money, who you're sending your money to, right? In light of all of the scandals that Facebook has faced over the last three or three to five years, in regards to privacy, their solution is going to be give us more of your information. Give us more data. Tell us more about yourself. Horrifying stuff.
3: Uh, That will protect your constituents if uh, they ever have a fraud issue. Uh, but we will make sure that there's appropriate uh, uh, education in the product uh, from the get-go. Well,
4: that was very helpful information, but that response doesn't actually address my concern. Because (laughs) Libra's goal
0: is... (laughs) I love that from uh, cinema, That very polite, snooty, passive-aggressive way. Because, okay, that's very good information, but you didn't actually address my question. (laughs) She lets him ramble on.
4: (laughs) Very good to reach a population that studies show are especially vulnerable to financial fraud and abuse, without more vetting processes for these developers, Arizonans will be more likely to be scammed using Libra, which can jeopardize their hard-earned savings and financial security. So while we're on the subject of scams, here's a hypothetical scenario for you. Let's say an unsavory app developer that's based in Pakistan utilizes an exchange that's based in Thailand to rip off an Arizonan who's using a wallet that was built in Spain. So they steal all of their Libra. And that, of course, is minted by an association based in Switzerland. So which law enforcement or governmental agency in which country does the Arizonan call to seek his or her legal and financial recourse in this situation? See,
0: you have to give credit where it's due. Now, an election campaign is designed to tear shreds off people to make uh, smear attacks and whatnot. She's actually asking legitimate questions of these, and it's it's so refreshing. As somebody who's watched hours of these kinds of hearings with politicians talking to people from Facebook and Google and Twitter and whatnot, apart from Ted Cruz, who gets it, we are too often fronted with politicians who say shit like, well, you know, Mr. CEO, yo, thank you so much for spending our time here. Uh, we appreciate you coming to this hearing. Now, I have a lot of concerns. People have told me that the Facebook is banning conservatives. So I just want to know the person who's in charge of the banning, uh, are, are we gonna be able to send a letter to them? And the guy's like, oh, well, there is there isn't just one person. Uh, you know, there's algorithms blah, 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 uh-huh,-. uh-huh. so what this algorithm is he available? Can I get him on the phone, Alan Garithum? I mean, this is the guy we're supposed to be talking to. Uh, if I put in, if I put Facebook in the Google, am I able to log on and then uh, get my news feed from the Twitter? Like, how do I log on to the Google? This this is the kind of shit that these politicians who are completely out of touch with, you know, the nuances in regards to internet freedom and data retention, data mining and whatnot, right? This is the kind of shit that they will ask these people. And it's a walk in the park for these tech gurus because they just lie to them. They spin to them. They manipulate their answers and then they come out, well, I think I think we had a productive meeting today, but I am going to submit some of these questions in writing. I hope you get back to me. And that's, that's all you ever hear from it. So a tip of the hat a, re- a tip of the hat has to go to Kirsten Cinema to actually thinking about a question and actually asking something of value. And I th- I just again it needs to be pointed out <laughs> you know something is a stinker you know something is a fucking turkey when both the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate are skeptical of it. Right? Like shouldn't that be a red flag? Shouldn't that be like a flare going up into the night sky and illuminating all of the bodies on the battlefield? This is like the Germans and the British playing football at on Christmas Day in World War One. Like, we, we, let's just put our guns down for, let's all point our guns in the same direction for once. Like, if that isn't enough to get people concerned about what Facebook is doing, then fucking nothing is. Nothing will wake you up at this point. Democrats and Republicans, both skeptical of what Facebook is doing. And people are like, it's okay, guys. Just sign up. Just get your MasterCard linked to your Libra account. It's going to be awesome. You'll be able to buy uh, your knee-high boots on Amazon right through Facebook's page. It's going to be great. I can't wait.
3: That's an excellent question, uh, Senator, uh, and uh, the answer to that is that uh, uh, your constituents will likely use an American, uh, U.S.-based wallet provider ah. that uh, will have consumer protections and that will make your, consumer, your constituents whole if uh, something uh, bad happens to them.
4: So in my scenario, this Arizonan was using a wallet that was built in Spain. Would they still have access to American recourse for legal and financial problems?
3: uh senator it will depend on uh, Uh. the wallet consumer protection uh, Uh. the same way that uh, today uh, you have different consumer protections and and services offered by uh, different uh, financial institutions and and others so
0: in other words it's not our fucking problem sort it out yourself (laughs) in other words hey don't come crying to us if somebody steals your digital currency it's not our problem you have to, you, you know what you'll get? You'll get the typical, uh, you'll call up one person and they'll say, we'll, we'll, put you into, we'll put you in touch with the proper department. And you'll get put through to six different people. All of them are going to wash their hands of it. The person selling their product, it's not their fault. The person running the wallet, it's not their fault. The financial institution that oversees with the fraudulent regulation that's no doubt going to be written with half of Congress in the pockets of these tech companies anyway, it's not going to be their problem just herding you in, herding you into the pen. And another step towards a global currency that some people have been fighting for for decades.
3: And I believe that it will be the role of the Libra Association to ensure that there's proper education so that consumers can make informed choices.
4: (laughs) I think the point here is that despite having legal and technical background in this room, this is a difficult question to answer. You posited that they would likely be using an an American wallet, but if they were using a wallet from another country, that complicates the answer. This is a real challenge, and Arizonans deserve answers on what rights they would have as consumers and how they would use them. I also have some national security concerns. Despite granting anonymity, traditional cryptocurrencies are not the first choice of drug cartels, terrorists, and human traffickers because cryptocurrencies aren't very easy to use. But Libra is not a cryptocurrency. It's a digital currency that promises both anonymity and ease of use, which raises concerns about its potential exploitation for illicit purposes. I'm concerned that drug cartels and human traffickers, major problems, of course, in Arizona and border regions, may try and use Libra to finance their operations along our southern border.
0: Your testimony says... Can can we just just give a moment to tip our hat to Kirsten Senema? talking about drug cartels and human traffickers on the southern border. She's actually made the distinction between a cryptocurrency and a digital currency. She sounds like the smartest fucking person in the room at this point. A Democrat.
4: Who who would have thunk it? That you'll comply with the rules set by the Office of Foreign Assets Control with respect to financial sanctions. But if a drug court cartel or one of its sanctioned persons attempts to complete a transaction using Libra... Would you comply with OFAC policy or would you allow a drug cartel transaction to be added to the ledger?
0: Uh, Senator? uh The only one asking actual real questions. Uh,
3: First of all, Libra is not anonymous, so we will have an AML program. And uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, we will have full KYC and AML programs. As a result, uh, those types of activities uh uh, will uh, be very difficult to conduct uh, on this network and uh you have my commitment that we will take the time before launch (laughs) to ensure that the network uh, and the proper measures uh, are taken
0: (laughs) look your concerns are well founded okay thank you for the intelligent question senator your concerns are well founded and you make some very good points you have my personal guarantee that we're going to do our best. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it sounds great. What could possibly go wrong? Didn't you hear, guys? Guys, didn't you hear? The guy who's running the digital currency gave his personal guarantee that everything's going to be okay. He put his personal stamp of approval on the digital currency. So what are you worried about? What are you worried about? Nothing's going to go wrong. You have my personal guarantee that this is all going to work out fine, okay? So stop panicking. Stop being conspiracy theorists out there. I mean, if you can't trust the guy who wants to run the digital currency, which is owned by Facebook with all of their scandals over the last five years and in their own words wants to take over the global financial system, who can you trust?
5: Experience on privacy. And
0: again, just one more time, a tip of the hat to at least Kirsten Senema the Democrat senator from Arizona, raising legitimate concerns and asking legitimate questions.
5: On extremism, on fake news, is it fair to say you're still working on solving those problems as a company?
0: Uh,
3: yes, sen- Senator. We have a number of uh, issues that yeah, were okay. hard at work. solving. So,
5: so you're working on solving those problems. They are not fixed yet, correct?
0: Uh, when did Sean Penn get elected to the Senate? Where is he? past right Security. Um, for- look at that <laughs> when did this happen i had no idea sean penn he's he's very believable as a senator very talented man there's one more guy i want to show you here uh this is the other end so we've given a compliment to a democrat that being kirsten cinema now we're going to give another democrat a bit of a slap around the ears for being such a fucking idiot. What?
3: For the efficacy of these programs to take a step back, quite the opposite. We believe that uh, we can help improve the efficacy of these programs and we'll work hard to make that happen because this is something that I care deeply about.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I, I am. I do have some concerns about that because, as Senator Brown said in his earlier, we've seen Facebook uh, run into problems uh, in their platform time and time again uh, on any number of issues and... I think Senator Brown's comment was, it's just another learning experience. But at some point... Oh, no, here he is, this guy here. So yeah. oh, I hope, Mr. Chairman, you get to hear your, your colleagues' comment.
0: Now, I was I was happy for about an hour and a half of this because I thought, wow, nobody's taken the opportunity to do the usual thing, which is attack Donald Trump in a context where there is no reason to attack Donald Trump. But then enter this Democrat senator and the it would... The dream went up in smoke. We nearly got the whole way through a Senate hearing without somebody mentioning Donald Trump for being a racist. But here we go.
2: So I'm going to make a couple of comments I hadn't planned uh, to make otherwise. Uh, Number one, uh, Senator Kennedy rightfully uh, pointed out uh, Facebook's failings uh, in the face of Russian interference in the 2016 (laughs) elections. I know... The
0: Russians... The Russians, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, we know from other congressional hearings and Senate hearings that the amount of, quote unquote, Russian interference in regards to uh, Facebook amounted to something like $200,000 worth of advertising that was spent on Facebook. $200,000 in a campaign which uh, was priced in the billions.
2: (laughs) You're working hard to remedy it. I frankly wish the United States Congress was working to remedy it as as well. Uh, We have a bill in this committee, bipartisan bill, called the DETER Act that would say to Putin or anybody else that wants to interfere in our 2020 elections that they will pay a certain and very high price.
0: What, you're going to nuke him?
2: Uh, so I hope, Mr. Chairman, that we will move on that. We have to get to the bottom of uh, how about, 2016, how about you address- but my goodness, we should be working How about you take a
0: leaf out of Kirsten Sinema's book, you know, the kooky blonde with the knee-high boots that you don't take seriously in your own party? How about you take a leaf out of her book, do some fucking homework, and get off this fucking Russian diatribe, man?
2: On a bipartisan Jesus. basis to protect our elections in 2020, and we have a means... To do that,
0: how about you address the reason that you are here instead of waxing lyrical about the 2016 election? You're here to discuss the Libra digital currency and potential regulation of it, and Facebook's uh, urging to take over the global financial system. This is a banking committee hearing. This is not a Russia committee hearing. This is not an election in you know integrity hearing committee. This is Russia. <laughs> You're a banking. You're in the banking committee. Come on, man.
2: Gets uh, better. Secondly, I, I heard a hint of this whole uh, idea that the idea uh, Facebook and other social media companies are conspiring against right-wing uh, voices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: these these people are more predictable than sunrise. How many times have we gone over this? See. It doesn't matter how many documents you get from Google, Facebook, Twitter. It doesn't matter how many videos the people of Project Veritas will uncover with department heads specifically saying that we need to avoid 2016 happening again. That the people who voted for Donald Trump do not agree with what we consider to be fair and equitable. That we need to manipulate things in order to promote certain ideas over other ideas time after time after time after time but in the world of a democrat in washington that's just an idea that's just an idea that's floating around out there you never give any kind of any kind of legitimacy to any of these claims ever it is informational blitzkrieg you just keep rolling your tanks across the field you don't stop collusion conspiracy theorists idea right-wing bigots and you know the soldiers on the other side are firing back bullets saying hey we've here's the evidence bang here's a document bang here's somebody who runs the department saying exactly what we're saying bang and they just keep rolling the tanks it's all a conspiracy theory it's an idea it's a perception ignore it
2: in fact Four days ago, we had the president of the United States have a, what he called a social media summit.
0: Ah, what do you uh, call at it?
2: At the White House, where he summoned some of the most right wing, extreme, uh, <laughs> extreme social media voices.
0: Extreme social media. Right wing extremists like Tim Pool.
2: <laughs> and peddled this idea.
0: Peddled the uh, idea. The
2: president's own Twitter account was somehow uh, being uh, blocked. Uh, now, this
0: is my favorite part. So. He peddled the idea that the president's Twitter account is somehow being blocked. Look at what he puts up. Look at the very next statement he makes after he says this is just a conspiracy theory.
2: Back four days ago, we had the president of the United States have a, what he called a social media summit uh, at the White House, where he summoned some of the most right wing extreme uh, social media voices and peddled this idea uh, that the president's own Twitter account was somehow uh, being uh, blocked uh, and and limited. And yet within the last 48 hours, we've seen um, what a gross task lie that was. Gross this task. is a president who just spewed forth all sorts of racist comments over the last uh, 48 <laughs> hours. Um, and it does highlight.
0: Again, this has nothing to do with digital currency. This has nothing to do with the Libra digital currency being run by Facebook. It has nothing to do with that. He is just spewing from his pulpit.
2: The challenge social media companies have is yes. trying to make sure that they uh, monitor community standards to prevent <laughs> incendiary <laughs> comments that can cause harm or danger uh, and at the same time allow uh, freedom of voices uh, on the internet. So, I-
0: <laughs> Do you see the hyper-contradiction here? You know, it's, it's stupid that... The president's peddling this conspiracy theory that, you know, people are trying to suppress him on Facebook, uh, on the Twitter. But it brings up the very real because, I mean, three days ago he was tweeting some of the most grotesque racist stuff. And it raises the important question, how can we stop that from getting out there on Twitter? <laughs> so he, this is doublethink. This is what doublethink looks like. On the one hand, it's a conspiracy theory to say that uh, people are being suppressed on Twitter. And then in the very next sentence, you say how people need to be suppressed on Twitter. Un-fucking-believable. He's now peddling the idea that the president needs to be suppressed on Twitter. In his own words. You know... There's this, there's this conspiracy, theory, this right wing conspiracy theory floating around out there that uh, people want to be, people want to suppress other people on Twitter. I mean, that's garbage. You'd have to be a real loon to believe that. I mean, look at the fact the president tweeted out something racist. This proves that we need to suppress people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, where to? Where do we go from here? I'll tell you what. Let's do a story. Here's one for you that I found fun. Rubber Bandit. Grunting creep. We're going to jump around. I've got too much stuff. Grunting creep in gimp suit chases terrified woman through Somerset Village sparking police helicopter search. A grunting creep in a gimp suit chased a terrified woman through a sleepy Somerset Village sparking a police helicopter search. She was walking through the village of Claverham when she saw the stalker charging at her in a full black rubbery suit on Thursday night. There he is, look at that. (laughs) He approached her while grunting and breathing heavily before fleeing. It's the latest in a series of frightening sightings of the rubber bandit in the area about five miles east of Western Super Police were called to the scene around 11.30pm on Thursday after the woman's terrifying encounter. A search helicopter was dispatched as well as a police sniffer dog, but officers were unable to trace the subject. Multiple sightings of the GIMP man in Claverham. (laughs) People really need to get alive. The victim in her 20s said she has been left badly shaken by the ordeal, but has chosen to speak out to raise awareness. I would never forgive myself if this happened to somebody else and I hadn't said anything. Describing what happened, she said, I was walking along with my torch and looked up to see someone charging at me in a full black rubbery suit and managed to take a picture. He kept coming towards me and was touching his groin, grunting and breathing heavily. There is a man on the loose in the UK wearing a gimp suit, walking around, touching himself, grunting and breathing heavily. (laughs) But it doesn't end there. Follow-up, gimp suit copycats. Like killer clowns feared after man-terrorised Somerset Village. Copycat gimsuit attackers could terrorise the country, experts have warned. Now it's an epidemic. Now it's not one guy in a gimsuit running around, touching his groin and breathing heavily in the street. Now there's going to be hundreds of it. It's going to be like that, uh, that scene in uh, the movie. What's that movie? Uh, the Anonymous movie. You know, remember, remember. So when they all come out to protest, and they're all wearing the scream mask. It's going to be hundreds of guys in gimp suits wandering around the UK, touching themselves. <laughs> I don't know, but I know it's not good. I know it's not, um, I know it's not right to you know, harass women on the street or anything like that and intimidate them. But the idea of hundreds and perhaps thousands of people in GIMP suits wandering the streets at night just fucking makes me laugh. I don't know why. The former star of Channel 4's The Hunted said, in the case of the killer clowns, that became a craze out of nowhere. And potentially, unfortunately, now that a picture has been publicised and gone out on social media, it could inspire other idiots to do the same. (laughs) If this idiot or idiots are inspired by this kind of show that is designed to horrify, they clearly have an intent to uh, terrorize and harass people. There have been 14 reports already of the copycat, the Gimp Man. V for Vendetta. Thank you. That's the movie. Exactly. Uh, Tell you what. I wanted wanted to point this out because it's something we've been talking about for a while in regards to the swamp. Democrats should confront their revolutionaries before it's too late. This is the Washington Post. Something I've been saying to the progressives out there, the progressive comrades, that I don't think that they get, and I'll say it again. The Democrats hold the House thanks to purple districts and candidates who ran on local issues as moderates, right? And there's about 70 seats right in the middle of the country there in, in, you know, the suburbs that are swinging districts that Donald Trump won in 2016, but the Democrats won in 2018. And they're very, very small margins. We're talking like less than 1%, less than 2%, less than 3%. And these districts, are they have nothing in common with the deep, deep blue districts that people like Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar come from. So it's actually in the Democrats' best interest to you know cut these people off at the knees because they're making their recapture of the house in 2020 ever more difficult by making the by turning themselves into the face of the Democrat party It's been decades since Democrats had to confront a genuine challenge from the far left Notwithstanding the unity that President Trump seems to have offered the party in the last few days, recent events show the period of relative unity among Democrats is probably temporary. The cracks in the party were most evident last week after Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez casually deployed the race card against Speaker Nancy Pelosi. To be sure, Ocasio-Cortez's sideswipe, implying Pelosi singled her and her progressive allies out for criticism because they are women of colour, was bad enough. But the real depth of the challenge Democrats face is better seen by looking at comments from Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff. He attracted derisive derisive attention from the House Democrats' official Twitter account late last month when he said that moderate Democrat Sharice Davids was enabling a racist system through her votes. The fact that Davids is a gay Native American did not seem to matter to him, nor did the political realities she faces. The only thing that seemingly matters to Acacia Cortez's chief of staff is that she hasn't supported a revolutionary uprooting of the United States political and economic system. This charge echoes some of the historical fights within the American left. In the early 1920s, communists who believed in revolutionary change of Western democratic capitalism broke with their more moderate social democratic colleagues. What had once been a unified international left under the umbrella of the Socialist International became divided with the revolutionary elements grouping under the Common Turn. In most Western European nations, the two strands of the left battled politically for decades, with the ele- evolutionary left striving to keep the revolutionary left at bay. Observers may wonder why Ocasio-Cortez and her chief of staff are engaging in this uh, battle. From the viewpoint of the evolutionary left, such efforts are futile and self-defeating, but that assumes Ocasio-Cortez shares the Democrats' historic commitment to center-left evolutionary change. If the entire U.S. economy must be uprooted, if the United States is inherently a racist system, then those who propose evolutionary change are as culpable as those who oppose any change at all. Do you remember we spoke about this yesterday in Too Woke for Woke? How far is it going to get before these people start making enemies of their comrades? Because remember, if you don't go along with the wokeness, if you don't go along with the with the woke world order in its entirety, then you are just as bad as the Nazis and the bigots who are perceived to be on the other side. Your role is to shut up, put your head down and agree. And if you step out of line, you ought to be cut down. Even Nancy Pelosi because she dares to say something that the progressive far left don't like is also a racist too right so nobody's safe this is a an ideology that demands that commands complete and utter subservience because if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem right and they'll even cut they'll even cut the heads off their own people if they have to and this is why more moderate democrats are saying, well, we need to get rid of these people. They need to be primaried because they're making their election chances more difficult in 2020 to retain the house. I want to show you this. They had they had themselves a little press conference the other day. I heard it was a real fucking turkey though. So let's have a little look at uh, Ilan Omar. <laughs>
6: Thank you, Congresswoman um, Ayanna Presley. This country was founded on the radical idea that we are created equal and endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. Close enough. And yes, we have a long way before we fully live up to those values. It is for this reason precisely that we have to take action when a president is openly violating the oath he took to the Constitution of the United States and the core values we aspire to. As Martin Luther King said, all we say to America is, be true to what you say on paper. I believe this is a pivotal moment in our country. The eyes of history is watching us. Right now, the president is carrying out mass deportation raids across this country in each one of our districts right now the president is committing human rights abuses at the border <laughs> keeping children in cages Same and having lines human beings drinking out of toilets
0: the double down drinking out of toilets that's double down again let's keep it going human rights abuses drinking out of toilets this
6: president Who has been credibly accused of committing multiple crimes, Uh, including colluding with foreign government. Uh,
0: Collusion? Collusion again? Right? Like I said, just informational blitzkrieg. The facts don't matter. The truth does not matter. You just keep rolling. You just keep rolling with the same rhetoric over and over and over and over again. But again, the district that Ilan Omar comes from is not representative of most Democrats. There's a reason that only four people are up there and not the whole party, right? I tend to think that this little press conference that they did yesterday was not a sanctioned press conference by the Democrats. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they got approval from head office to do this. Like, why isn't Nancy Pelosi standing behind her? Why isn't Chuck Schumer standing behind her? Right? Why is it just the four of them? Did anyone from the press ask that? No. Of course not. Of course not. The reason is because these people, even, even to the Democrats that many people hate so much, these people are dangerous to the Democrats' re-election chances in 2020 in the House specifically
6: interfere with our election. This is a president who has overseen the most corrupt administration in our history and pursued an agenda to allow millions of Americans to die from a lack of health care while he transfers millions of dollars in tax cuts to corporations. This is a president who has said, grab women by the pussy. This is a president who's called black athletes Sons of bitches. <laughs> this is a president who has called black people who come from black and brown countries
0: What's a brown country? Holds. This
6: is a president.
0: See, the thing is, right, this stuff doesn't work anymore. I feel like Ilan Omar is 20 years. She missed the golden era of um, being outraged. That was like 20 years ago. That was 10 years ago but now it just doesn't work anymore because people know that she loves offending people she she loves offending people she loves to be offensive and edgy and there's little videos and little gifts of her dancing around and her comrades up there let's impeach the motherfucker you know you know what i mean so you can't on the one hand be uh you can't on one hand be strong you can't be strong and the victim at the same time right you can't be the one who's like, I don't care what anybody says, but then at the same time, what this person says is so offensive. It just doesn't work. And I'll said it before and I'll say it again. The progressive comrades out there need to understand that the Democrat Party dislikes these people more than the Republicans do. The, the Republicans want this by making these issues, by getting these people... Up there in front of the cameras saying these things, making these statements, having these press conferences, creating drama, perpetuating outrage. They are doing what the Republicans want. The, <clears throat> the Democrats themselves, the moderate Democrats, do not want Ilan Omar and Ocasio-Cortez to be the face of the Democrat Party because they are ensuring an election defeat in 2020 in the swinging districts that they need to hold in order to retain the House. The progressive wing of the Democrat Party is a minority. And people can say, well, they're fantastic. They're doing a great job. Yeah. What happens when you lose the House in 2020? When all of those purple districts that were won by moderate Democrats running on local issues get overturned? Then what happens? That's the reason that the Democrat Party leadership is doing their best right now to primary these people out of their own seats. They are a liability to the Democrats' chances in 2020. But we'll just wait and see what happens. Wait and see what happens. One more story for the night. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Panhandler rejects man's offer for work. Kimberly Kuzon joined Ryan Bray of Bray Remodeling as he stood at the intersection of 75th Street West and Manatee Avenue West, holding a sign to warn drivers not to give panhandlers cash. During the interview, the transient man, identified by Bray as the one who rejected his offer for help, approached and confronted Bray, claiming he did nothing wrong. Ray, who works for his family's remodeling business, said he has seen the same group of panhandlers at the intersection before and wanted to do more than hand out a temporary solution. So he offered one of the men a job, $15 an hour to do yard work, plus help to get off the streets. He reached his arms inside my vehicle, resting them and said, do you have any money? I said, no, but I do have one better for you. He said, absolutely not and started getting belligerent and cursing. Yes, this is in Florida. Bray said the panhandler kicked his Jeep and told him to leave. He was giving, he was offering him a job. Get the fuck out of here. What do I look like? A beggar? (laughs) Let's have a look.
7: Stopped at a red light on 75th Street and Manatee Avenue in Bradenton. Ryan Bray caught the eye of a homeless man.
5: He reached his arms uh, inside my vehicle, resting them and said, hey, do you got any money? I said, no, but I have one better for you.
7: Instead of offering him a handout, Ryan offered the man a hand up. A job, $15 an hour doing yard work, but Ryan says his offer didn't go over well.
5: He said, uh, uh, absolutely not. Started getting (laughs) belligerent, cursing.
0: You know, you know that you are in the most entitled country on the face of the earth. You know that you, as a poor person, have it better than just about anybody else who's a poor person on the face of the earth. When you can live on the street and reject the offer of a fifteen dollars an hour job, <laughs> somebody comes up, it's a fucking dream scenario for a homeless person. Somebody comes up to you and offers you a job, actual money to do a little bit of light yard work, fifteen bucks an hour, and you give him the finger, fuck off! <laughs> See, they say beggars can't be choosers. Au contraire. Apparently they can. And uh, then as I pulled
5: off, he kicked my tire. Ryan had enough. I can't have my 13-year-old daughter and my wife driving with their windows up and being berated the entire time
0: if they don't give money.
7: He went home, made a sign, and went to work to spread him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he went home and went and, and made his own sign and then stood next to the beggar. I offered him $15 an hour to do yard work, for which he refused. If we, as a community, stop paying them, they will leave our neighborhood. There you go.
5: <laughs> Message. I mirrored him with my sign wherever he walked. I walked.
7: He wants others to realize what he tried to do.
5: I've seen a lot of people give a lot of money, and there's a reason they continually sit here.
7: Monday afternoon, the man appeared once more. Wouldn't give his name, but shouted foul language as Ryan stood near. This is not against the law. And still he managed to get a dollar or two. Turning Point's executive director, Adele E. Roser, says some make a living off this. It's
1: hard to tell the difference between someone who's really homeless and somebody, somebody who's just out there
7: panhandling. She says if you want to help, Give money directly to organizations helping the homeless and not those on the street. The best thing to do if we all want to get rid of panhandlers is to don't give to panhandlers. In
0: Bradenton, Kimberly Quick. Give the money to me instead. <laughs> the best thing that you can do if you want to help people who are homeless is give the money to me in my office <laughs> and I will allocate the money where I see fit. I'll also pay myself, which is very important. (laughs) Don't give money to homeless people directly. Give it to somebody who has a job. Okay. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Sensational stuff. There you go. There's the swamp. What the fuck is going on in Florida? Yes. The guy with a job now trolling the homeless person. Oh, where, where's the empathy? Where is the empathy? You know, the American homeless people are panhandlers and grifters and they don't want to work. But the people who come over this, at least the, the good people who come over the border illegally could show a thing or two to these homeless folk. Show them what it really means to be in need. And patriots like Alexandria casio cortez and Ilan Omar are going to teach you you bigoted homophobic xenophobic Americans what it means to be an empathetic person with another accusation of their democratic comrades being racist of course by not supporting bills to get money to the border in order to supply things like toothpaste and soap and then complain that people aren't getting any toothpaste and soap that's the way it's supposed to work thanks so much for joining us guys I'll be back tomorrow night at 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. We'll take some calls tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS for the best 15-minute data downloads on the interwebs. And Christopher Chris ChrisMC44 for 44 periscopes a day. If you'd like to get in touch, please do so on Twitter, at Bookie Bumper. Until tomorrow night, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thanks, Nisi. Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Kimbo. Have a good night. And if you if somebody offers you a job, please take it. Would you like a job? Fuck you, motherfucker! What do I look like? Some kind of charity case? Just give me money. And fuck off. Thanks, Puddle Mama.
2: All right, guys. Till tomorrow night. Have a good day. Bye bye.